This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the therapy group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Our guest today is someone we've both admired for years, and we are so thrilled to introduce her to you all, Nedra Glover-Tawab. You may recognize Nedra's name from her incredible Instagram account that we often repost. She is a licensed therapist, relationship expert, and the author of the New York Times bestseller, Drama Free and Set Boundaries, Find Peace. She also hosts the fabulous new podcast, You Need to Hear This. Welcome to Shrink Chicks, Nedra. We are so excited to have you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Oh, and we were just saying before this, we saw Nedra at the Psychotherapy Networker, and it was such an incredible presentation. You're so amazing when you speak, and we are just pumped to be able to ask you our listener questions and get into it. Yes, let's go. Well, I have to ask, did you realize that you were going to end up as the boundaries um, guru for many people? I, I'm Most of us don't set off in this careers and people are obsessed with boundaries and you're so good at explaining them. Mm. I don't think anyone really realizes, you can hope, right? But you don't realize what the end of something would look like. You think about like Whitney Houston, she just wanted to sing. <laughs> you know, she didn't know she would be like on t-shirts today you know it's like hey it's 1983 i just want to sing a song in front of people (laughs) (laughs) i just want to talk about boundaries and you know (laughs) here we are did you can i ask you did you gravitate towards boundaries in your work like before you've gotten you know this huge following were you always gravitating towards boundaries because you know we always talk about that as therapists you kind of gravitate towards specific things in your work Yes, but without the title of boundaries, Mm. right? I know when my clients are following me on social media because they'll start using the word boundaries and I'm like, (laughs) we don't talk about boundaries. (laughs) You know, it's, it looks like so many things. You know, I certainly speak with my clients about their family relationships, their romantic relationships. And we talk about how can you state that need to someone? How can you, you know, maybe advocate for yourself at work? So we talk about those things, but, and we've always talked about those things, but I don't necessarily use that word boundaries. Now I'm starting to use it a lot more, of course, because I'm more known for it, but I feel like the work has been focused on that without actually bringing that word into the conversation. Just like, you know, I don't necessarily use bipolar disorder as I'm talking to my clients or a positional defiance or, you know, like those sort of things, even though that's what we're working on. I don't think the label is always as important mm-hmm. as the behavior, what needs to be said or an action or, you know, how it's impacting your life. But in terms of writing a book, it has to have a title. 
<laughs> yeah, they kind of make you do that, right? right. Like you, they make you have it's really weird. Yeah. That that get coming to the title piece of it is tough. I'm like, you know, like what do you want to title the book? The book, right? <laughs> like, the I only like the book. book. Yeah, the only book you'll need. Right. I like that as a title. So, okay, we were also just talking about the name of your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Great you name. need to hear this, and like, what a genius name that is. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel like that came from social media some because you ever see where people post like, I don't know who needs to hear this. Yes. I sometimes think it's me or it's you who needs to hear this. Right. And so I come up with this idea of, you know, I think you need to hear this is a very direct way to say that it is for you. It's not like, I don't know. It's like, oh, I don't know who needs to hear it. It's you. (laughs) And and that that is like kind of uh, encapsulates your whole approach is how Mm -hmm. direct you are. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in listening to your book and how you frame boundaries and you talk about boundaries, it's just, it's so incredible. It's so direct. It's to the point. You're not beating around the bush at all. And so I just think it's so helpful, you know, for readers, for listeners to hear specific examples and the way in which you explain your examples in your book is just so incredible and helpful and helpful for us as therapists, honestly. Yeah. And it's so interesting because we can't necessarily speak as directly to our clients. So I love having the social media space, mm-hmm. the book writing space, the newsletter space, the podcast space to be more direct because with my clients, I hear it. I'm like, oh, girl, this is going to yeah, be a problem. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking about doing? Yes, you know? yes. <laughs> yes. But on you need to hear this, I could say, girl, don't do that. Right, right. right. <laughs> Say directly. Well, yeah. I think that there's something amazing. I think that that's one of the problems that happens, right? You come out of grad school and they teach you to be a certain way. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, but there's sometimes there's like confliction of who we are as people, mm-hmm. right? And like that confliction of bringing ourselves into the room. But a lot of us are pretty direct people in our lives. Mm. I, as a therapist, I've learned to be direct in a witty sort of way. A lot Mm -hmm. of, you know, my, a lot of my clients are like, you know, laughing because I'll just, you know, I may say like, oh my gosh, this sounds so familiar. When did you do this? Oh, 2022, August. (laughs) Let's talk about August, 2022. So, (laughs) or whatever, you know, and, and they're like, oh, here you go. You're bringing up. I'm like, oh, but it sounds like the same thing, you know? So I'm, I'm being direct, but I'm not saying, hey, don't do this. I'm highlighting a pattern that I've seen in your behavior. I am noticing how you respond to people. So I may say something like, oh, every time you talk about them, you get a little high pitched. It's like you're almost about to sing, but you don't. Words come out. Why do you think that happens when you mention this person's name? Well, and it goes with an ongoing idea of the non-pathologizing angle, which you really come from, which is like, I'm really going to connect with you and I'm going to mm-hmm. point this out, but I'm going to tell you and you can do whatever you want with it mm-hmm. because I don't go home with you. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know what? I try to create a space where not only do I not go home with you, I'm not mad at you. Mm. 
I'm not mad at you. I'm not your sister. I'm not your mother. I'm not your friend. I'm not your coworker. You come to this space to be heard for me to listen to you and to help you with your life. You're here to receive help. I don't need to spank you on the hand. <laughs> I don't need to yell at you. Mm-hmm. I don't need to tell you how terrible you are. You're here to get help. And sometimes people will say like, oh my gosh, I've done a bad thing. And I'm like, girl, what did you, or guy, what did you do? You know, and, and they say what the bad thing is. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, how you, it sounds like you feel bad about doing a bad thing. So I don't even think I need to really <laughs> hammer in, you know, you're doing a bad thing. It's like, am I here to roast you? No, I am here to help you. Let's talk about why you engaged in this action. Let's talk about you know, how you are trying to speak more directly, but here you are, you've cussed someone out, right? Let's <laughs> talk about how that might have happened this time. Right. <laughs> are you talking to me? Are you talking to me directly at this moment? Yeah, personal. <laughs> this feels a little bit personal, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, it feels better to absorb it and to help people when they're in the space of getting help. Now, in a personal life, it's like, I'm not a therapist. This is my my reaction is going to be a lot different because you're not in a helping space. You're at Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is a little different. Mm-hmm. But when someone is in a help, a space to receive help, I feel like my primary job is to facilitate that. Well, I love something you really spoke about the network, which I think was really helpful for so many of the clinicians to hear was. There's weeks that people are going to come in and they're just going to vent and it's still our job to just hear that. Mm-hmm. It is still our job to show up at that time and to come and to hear and hold space wherever they are. And I, I, there was this like collective sigh of relief in the room when you talked about that. You could see people like their faces sort of came down a little bit and their bodies relaxed a little bit because I think we feel this pressure. And sometimes people just want to show up and then want to talk about some shit and get it out. And, mm-hmm. and what's so wrong with that? Yeah, we want people to make progress. There are these treatment methods. I think they became pretty popular when I graduated um, college. I graduated uh, 2007. And I remember there was a high focus on solution focused and uh, rapid such and such therapy. And, you know, all of this quick six week, four week, eight week. Mm-hmm. It's insurance driven. Yeah. Yes. People don't want to, and, and I get it. I, if I was, a, you know, if I had to pay for somebody to go to therapy, I would be on them every week. What did you learn? What did you do? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I don't, I don't want you in there too long. Um, but a lot of the folks coming to us, they have deep seated issues. They may be coming for an issue with not knowing how to date properly, right? How to pick a person and have a healthy relationship. But that comes from somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So I can, you know, I can sit there and focus on, okay, these are all the things you need to do. Go home and do these eight things and then come, you know, we could do that for four weeks and be done. However, why is this an issue for you? Why are you not seeing the the love and care that's available in a partner? How are you showing up in dating situations? What things are you, you know, like all of that stuff, that's going to take more than four weeks. 
we only get 53 minutes. Yes. yes. You know, that's going to, I'm not doing intensive here. (laughs) Don't take more than four weeks for me to talk about this person from eighth grade who did this thing to you or your dad and your mom or your siblings or this college, you know, partner that you had or this, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time. Now, in terms of tools, I, I think, yeah, I can give you tools, but we have to talk about why you haven't been applying them because some of the tools are going to sound familiar. I'm not a magician here. I'm going to be telling you some stuff you've seen on TV. Mm-hmm. You've read it before. So now we have to talk about, okay, so you knew this thing, you weren't applying it. Why? So it's, it, it's so much to that. And then you have some clients, I've had clients who are serious about their stuff and they will finish in six weeks because they are like, <laughs> I want to be out of here. Yes. <laughs> But there is nothing wrong with a person who wants to treat therapy as a lifestyle practice. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those folks. Mm-hmm. Some weeks don't have nothing to talk about. I just and, go to therapy and I'm like, girl, have you started watching Dave? I started <laughs> watching Dave and <laughs> it's my money. Talk about talk about <laughs> absolutely we do the same thing by the way we have a flip chart coming out with Patsy. i was showing my therapist my flip chart page by page look <laughs> and this is the next page. <laughs> it's my money right yep i'm, prou- I'm proud of myself mm-hmm. proud of myself look what was created from this book about boundaries now i have you know, these these other things that are entering the world. So I want to share that. That's me too. I don't yeah. want to only go when I've had a bad week and I'm like, oh my gosh, so-and-so died. You know, like I don't want every session to be about that. I want some sessions to be like, be about, you know, how wonderful of a time I had on book tour or how this amazing thing is happening. And then sometimes I go there and I'm just venting about the same thing I've talked about 5,000 times. It's your time and you get to use it however you want to. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody or some other resource is, you know, like an EAP, now EAP, mm-hmm. they'll say six yeah, sessions. Yes. Six sessions. You're out. You better, you better get to it. <laughs> yeah. you, you better use your time wisely. Yeah. <laughs> but if, you know, if if you want to extend even beyond that, you know, you can go through your insurance, you can pay out of pocket, you can use a resource like Open Path and find somebody within your budget. There are so many options, but your healing is not time limited. We are so excited to share our newest sponsor with you all, Hungry Root. Hungry Root is the easiest way to get fresh, high-quality groceries and simple, healthy recipes delivered to your door. The team at Hungry Root just sent me a new box full of amazing stuff. It was literally like I was opening a present going through it. Seeing what was inside and trying everything was just so thrilling. In my Hungry Root box was chicken salad, veggies, dumplings, shakes, cookies, and so much more. My favorite thing I tried was the drumroll donuts. I highly recommend them. The ordering process could 
not have been more simple. You take a fun, short quiz, and Hungry Root will get to know your personal health goals, what you like to eat, the kitchen appliances you use, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all of your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to good use. Hungry Root will recommend recipes and groceries based on your personal tastes, but each order is fully customizable. Take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, pantry staples, healthy snacks, sweets, ready-to-eat meals, and much more. Hungry Root has made my daily meal prep so much easier. The mental load of grocery shopping is exhausting, and Hungry Root gives me back that mental energy. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com shrinkchicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com shrinkchicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. When bloggers or influencers post their outfit links, nine times out of 10, I click on it and immediately exit because the price is bananas. It wasn't until recently that I clicked on something expecting it to be the usual out of my price range sweater and it was under $60 at Quince. Quince has become my ultimate destination for luxury essentials that won't break the bank. Let me tell you about some of the gems I found at Quince, from their 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters starting at just $50, to their washable silk tops and dresses, organic cotton sweaters, and stunning 14 karat gold jewelry. Quince offers a range of high-quality items at prices that are truly within reach. And here's the best part. All Quince items are priced 50-80% to less than similar brands. Yes, you heard that right. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the middleman passing the savings on to us. I recently got my hands on one of their washable silk tops and let me tell you it has become a staple in my wardrobe. Not only is it incredibly versatile, I've worn it to work, out with friends, and even dressed it up for a date night, but the quality is unmatched. Give yourself the luxury you deserve with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. So, well, you talked about something really amazing, which I think pulls us into listener questions, is that sometimes we know that something could be more helpful for us, and it's still really hard for us to do it, right? And so mm-hmm. we think that brings us to the conversation of, we'll use the word boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say I know I got to say to my mom, no, you can't come over every day when I just moved in with my partner, Right. But it's pretty darn hard for me to say that to my mom. Mm-hmm. And so if we start off with the listener questions, this question we get asked all the time, which is how can you set a boundary without coming off as selfish? Because we have so many people that that is their fear. This makes me selfish for mm-hmm. saying this. Perhaps it does. Are you able to have a bit of selfishness as a human? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a there's extreme selfishness where you're stepping on the heads of others, you're taking resources from people, you're doing things that might be vindictive or you know, you might be entitled in other people's lives. And then there is some healthy selfishness that we have to really get comfortable with having in our relationship when we ask for our needs that we, you know, make these declarations. There can be, you know, people who are very uncomfortable with that because so many of us are taught 
that we have to give, give, give. We have to reduce ourselves to be in relationship. We shouldn't speak up because it's unkind. And what happens? We start having headaches. We got acid reflux. We got heartburn. We got migraines, heart disease, and all sort of stuff because we're out here, you know, trying to be in these relationships and we're not really comfortable in it. Mm-hmm. Not really comfortable. So there is a healthy level of selfishness needed. Um, I rem- I don't know why this just popped in my head. But I remember on my way home from school, sometimes you stop at the store and you get yourself a little snack. And, you know, when I was a kid, you had a dollar or two, you could get like <laughs> uh, a pop and a bag of chips or, <laughs> you know, maybe some candy or something like that. And the smallest bag of chips at the time, they were a quarter. And it's about eight chips in the bag. <laughs> it's really not giving you much for a quarter. And I would be so shocked by the people who would say, can I have some of your chips? It's only eight. Mm. It's the small, and I'm exaggerating. It was eight. There's so much, there's so <laughs> much air in those bags. There's so right? You think there's going to be a ton it's like, of chips. There's those. I'm going to give you a quarter to go get your own quarter bag. Take five of my, you know, one of my five chips and then you give them one chip and they're like, can I have more? It's like it's <laughs> five chips in this bag. I can't share five chips. You went to the store. You got whatever you wanted to have, but you're asking me for five chips. Mm-hmm. Of course, I would give people the chips. That's just, you know, <laughs> that's just what I was thinking on the inside. I would give you the chips. On the inside, right? I was brewing like, what kind of person asked? <laughs> and then next day, I was probably... Look, I was probably asking for somebody chips the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Pay it forward. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I I think about how sometimes we have limited resources and we're Mm -hmm. asking people, hey, give me your stuff. And it's like, can I afford to give it to you? Do I have it to Mm -hmm. offer? Is this a place where I can give it and still be okay myself? Sometimes that's our chips. (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's our time. Sometimes that's our energy. Sometimes that's listening to other people's problems. Sometimes that could be, you know, whether or not I want to go to your stuff. You know, it's, it's, do I have the energy? Can I afford to do this and still be okay? And you mentioned this, and this takes us into our next question, because I think you bring up a really good point. Like, how, how do I know if I have that, if I have that ability, if I have that energy? The next question was, how do we know if we need a boundary? Are there red flags? And you mm. mentioned the acid reflux, which just, you know, I've got a lot of acid reflux going on. So now I'm questioning everything in my life. But I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering if you have... I did specific- throw out acid reflux. Oh, yeah. God. Let me take that one back. Let me take back acid reflux. Just take a Tums. Um, I do need a Tums. <laughs> you know, I, I think... Anxiety is a really big one. We really have made an unhealthy practice of not paying attention to when we feel anxious about an interaction or a person. We push through. We're like, you know what? I have to do this with this person. It's unreasonable for me to not like this person. It's unreasonable for me to feel this way about this thing they did. So we really, we experience anxiety. We experience frustration. We experience sometimes depression. We don't even want to be around people. We feel powerless to change anything in those relationships. 
Um, sometimes with boundary issues, we start to have some personality issues. You think about, you know, dependent personality, borderline personality, um, paranoid personality. You know, those are all, you know, things where there are some boundary challenges. Um, oh, histrionic too. I didn't even think about, oh yes, that one. We don't see that so much, but yes, um, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole, a <laughs> clinical rabbit hole here. Um, fun things to Google. Um, but you know, we, we start to see some, some mental health stuff and mental health is not always severe. Anxiety is not always severe enough that we need to be diagnosed or, we need to take medication for it, but it can be severe enough that maybe we need to have a conversation with someone about how they're violating our boundaries because every time we engage with them, we feel this level of anxiety. Yeah. Um, Also, I will say that we know that stress shows up in our body. When I have clients sometimes, especially when they're new clients and they come in and I see eczema, all over their hands or arms. And, you know, I asked them about like a correlation to flare-ups and, you know, because eczema can be, you know, it can flare up with stress. So I, I think as a therapist, we have to notice the whole person. How is your sleep? How is your skin? You know, are you having any headaches? Are you having any racing hearts? I now have, you know, this little, I don't want to plug this because I'm not a uh, yeah, but I have this thing <laughs> where you um it tells you your heart rate and stuff. Mm-hmm. And baby, when I get stressed, it'd be like your heart rate was I'm like, you know what? I thought I was just secretly handling this well. <laughs> but every time this little yeah, apparatus, yep. it tells me, no, this was a highly stressful day to you. Mm-hmm. That conversation you had, it wore you out. Go take a nap. <laughs> it's like yep. You need a nap now, basically. It's like rest today. <laughs> what, no, because the yesterday, ho- you were very stressed. <laughs> like, Take a break. That's I don't know what apparatus you're using, but it sounds incredible. <laughs> it's the aura ring. Yeah. Oh, ever, the yeah. aura ring. But yeah. I say over the holidays, I was staying with my in-laws and like, you know, in-laws are hard. Families are hard. Holidays are hard, right? And I get this notice from my Apple Watch. It's like, I'm sensing that you're inactive, but you have an elevated heart rate. And I'm yes. sitting at the table talking with everyone. And I was like, I'm going to need to walk away for a minute because mm-hmm. if my watch is telling me or the ring is telling me we have these instruments, maybe we should listen to them a little bit, especially, right? I'm not doing any physical activity. I'm talking to people and my heart rate is going up. That's probably some good information for me to know. And the next, oh the next gosh. step in technology should be set a boundaries, you know, walk outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not just this ring. It is also the Apple Watch. It yeah. is also the whatever the Android equivalent yep. is. You know, there are so many tools now that we can have that monitor our sh- stress level. I think you could even wear like a stress meter. Yep. Someone yeah. was saying from their doctor they had a stress mm-hmm. meter. So there are so many ways to really see. Like if you really want some information about how much people are bothering you, where you a little <laughs> stress monitor, you'd be like, oh my gosh, I am above average whenever I talk to my mama. <laughs> and it looks like I'm having a heart attack when I talk to my cousin. You know, so you just <laughs> oh, every time my coworker walks. <laughs> I'm just, I'm in the 80s. 
just saw from right all up. the way up. <laughs> right up. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the new boundary predictor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, that's it. Skeptical about custom beauty? I get it. My feet is flooded with customize this and personalize that, all promising to fix my fine lines and thinning hair. But when pro says custom, they actually mean it. It's no gimmick. Your formula couldn't exist without you. Their in-depth consultation analyzes over 80 factors for a complete view of your life and beauty goals. They get personal. Pros covers everything from your concerns to your age, exercise, and stress levels in order to uncover what's impacting your hair and skin health. They asked me about my hair loss being genetic in my family, how long it takes for my hair to get oily after a wash, what products and tools I use to style my hair, and even my zip code to understand how the water hardness, UV index, and cold dry winter in Philly might be impacting me. Next, they recommended a full routine of truly personalized products, which were only produced after I placed my order. Nothing pre-mixed, nothing off the shelf. Since I switched to pros, I've noticed my hair is so much softer, shinier, and fuller. I keep getting asked if I got a blowout from the salon. But don't just take my word for it. In a third-party double-bind dermatologist-supervised clinical controlled study, aka the gold standard in research studies, pros prove that personalization works better than off-the-shelf alternatives. Try it for yourself and get your healthiest hair in 30 days or get your money back. Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering my listeners an exclusive trial offer so you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash shrinkchicks for your free consultation and 50% off your one-of-a-kind formulas. Pros.com slash shrink chicks say goodbye to the cheap razor era my friends it's time to treat your body to the premium shave it deserves with athena club em and i just got back from an amazing trip to the caribbean to celebrate our 10-year anniversary of our practice the therapy group and in haste of packing because yours truly is a packing procrastinator i forgot my athena club razor at home and had to resort to using a subpar flimsy razor that left my skin feeling anything but smooth a mistake i will never make again the athena club hype is real the shave is seriously the smoothest I've ever experienced, and that is especially evident after having to use another razor in its absence. Aside from the amazing smoothest, let me tell you why Athena Club's razor kit is a must-have in your self-care routine. First off, can we talk about the price? At just $10, it's an absolute steal. But don't let the price fool you. This razor packs a serious punch. It comes with a beautifully made ergonomic handle and two super sharp razor heads that deliver an incredibly smooth shave every time. Plus, with the included magnetic hook, storage is a breeze. No more dealing with gooby blades or unexpected midnight shower crashing sound surprises. And the quality of the shave is top notch. Those five precision engineered blades glide effortlessly, leaving you a silky smooth skin every time. Plus, the water-activated serum and built-in skin guards ensure a comfortable, irritation-free shave. Are you ready to upgrade your shaving experience? Switch to the best razor on the market and show your skin you care with Athena Club. Head over to athenaclub.com to try their award winning razor and body products and get 20% off your first purchase with code shrinkchicks at checkout. You can also find Athena Club razors at your local Target store. Trust me, you won't look back. Happy shaving. So then here's a great question because it goes into this. How to um how do I do this when you're so anxious when you're so too anxious to set a boundary out of fear of how they'll react? Mm. Right. So not only does my my um, anxiety go up, my heart rate go up when mm. I'm dealing with this person, but then I even 
think about setting the boundary and I am so elevated. You know, there is no easy way to have a hard conversation. And I think that's the tool we're looking for. I want to make it easier for me to say this hard thing. Well, it's a hard thing. I think you make your life easier by saying it. Um, But it's not going to be easy to say because people have a reaction. I had a situation recently where I was telling someone um, I didn't want to have a relationship with them. And I knew that would hurt their feelings. I knew it would. But it it was the truth. I just I don't want a relationship. There is no easy way to say that. There is no. I tried the physical boundary of, you know, creating some more distance, you know, maybe trying to, I tried a whole bunch of boundaries, everything in the book I tried. I mean, <laughs> from chapter one to chapter, uh, the chapter's not, not even there. I tried all the things. <laughs> and then it got to a point where I said, I just don't want the relationship. And that was very hard to say. And a person doesn't accept it. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it sounds very mean, but my stress levels were very high. Um, this was the relationship that, you know, I tried to repair. I tried to, you know, offer different things and it just wasn't working. And it was very, very hard to say that. And it's also a relief having said it. It's such a relief. Mm. Um, when we end stuff, when we quit the job, when, you know, we break up with someone sometimes when we, you know, ending a relationship, when we break up with someone sometimes, quitting the job, deciding not to, you know, get another degree or, you know, whatever those things are that you leave, they are all hard decisions. Um, Some harder than others, right? Some more impactful than others. Some just directly impact you and some impact other people. But if we only get one life, which I'm still at the point where I think we only get one life, you know, I don't think we get multiples. We only get one life. I would like to utilize this time that I have to live in the best way possible as I see fit in this moment. I love a whole lot of peace. Like, I want my life to be like 90% peace, like 90%. So if anything disturbs that chaos, confusion, um, about 1% for it. <laughs> I don't even want the other nine to not, be, you know, it's like, about what? now there were times in my life where I was like at a 60, I was at a 50, but you know, at this phase, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm looking at what's possible. I'm looked at, I'm looking at what has worked. Um, I'm looking at what I know to be true. And so some things just aren't salvageable. And that's really hard to accept. It's it's not improving. It's not getting better. What I often see is things get worse. (laughs) (laughs) Things will get worse. You know, that little crack in your windshield, that baby spreads. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't get better. It's not right. like the crack goes back. Like, you know what? I'm going to retreat. <laughs> I'm going to retreat I'll take a care little of this bit. For you. I'm yeah, I'm going to take care of this because you need to see out of your driver's <laughs> side. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> it's like, no, it's going to get worse. And it's going to mm-hmm. get worse 
on the most important day of your life. (laughs) You're like, like, you know what? It's this rainstorm. Here comes the bigger crack. It's like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Dripping on on your dashboard at that point. I I hear this all the time from new parents that are like, oh, my mother's, my parents have never had a boundary in my life, but it's gotten so bad since I've had a kid. I'm like, well, did you think it was going to get better? Right? Like, did you think we let's bring in this thing? And, And life has stresses, right? children, life stage transitions, different things happening. Most people aren't going to be like, oh man, you know, without any conversation, oh, I feel like this thing that I was doing wasn't benefiting everyone. So I'll completely change now. Usually it takes us saying something that kind of sucks to say. Yeah. I think with, I know what happens with parenting. Grandparents have an expectation on what grandparenting will look like. Mm. And parents, have an expectation of what parenting will look like. I think sometimes they consider the grandparent, but they have an idea of what that should look like. And now you're bringing these parties together and they're like, wait a minute, this is supposed to be like this for me. And you're like, well, it's my kid and it's going to be like this for me. And so there is like a lot of conflict in those situations. And I do think it requires some conversation, um, maybe starting, you know, as soon as you know you're pregnant, like setting some expectations so they have a little runway to, you know, hey, when a baby arrives, we don't want, you know, anyone outside of immediate family or whatever those things are. So saying those things, what I find is people will not necessarily like those things. And that creates a lot of bitterness right Mm. because it's like oh my god you're not letting me do whatever i want to do with your child which is interesting yeah (laughs) (laughs) yes it is interesting um but also it is room for conversation we can have conversation so i have to tell you this list somebody wrote in because i think this is fascinating with what we're talking about so this person wrote in and said my mom never forgave me for the boundaries I set around when my son was born during COVID. Mm-hmm. Now my sister has a baby and has no boundaries. I know what I did was right for my family at the time, but now I'm struggling with the jealousy over the relationship with my, that my sister has with my mom. Mm-hmm. The complexity around it, right? That like this person can genuinely say, I know that it was the right thing. And still I have all these other complicated feelings around it. I don't know if that's an answer to a question as much as it is a calling to deal with the feeling of being jealous and hopefully to not allow the jealousy to permeate those other relationships. Perhaps to go back to the table and have a new conversation with your mother around what your needs are now. We're out of, you know, you can say, hey, we're out of the pandemic and this is what I would like to see with myself or with my child or whatever those things are. So, you know, now it's time to renegotiate some of the terms that were previously set. And, you know, your mom has an option on whether she wants to do that or not. Maybe she says, well, I don't, you know, maybe I don't want to do that. But I think there is room for a new conversation. And jealousy is 
such a normal feeling that I would love for us to get more comfortable with feeling it and not acting on it. Be jealous of them and go love on your niece or nephew. Be jealous of them and call your sister and ask her about her day and what's going on. Be jealous and talk to your mother. Be jealous and love on your baby and your family. It's a feeling. It's yeah. like sadness. It's like happy. You know, um, sometimes we are sad the entire day and sometimes we're just sad for a moment. You know, sometimes we're just, you know, happy for a little bit. So it's a feeling. It's not, the, you know, it's not one that we want to have, right. mm -hmm. but it's a feeling and it's okay. It sounds like, you know, the why of it. And it's very normal. We will always be jealous about something. I have to, you know, sometimes watch my online shopping with that <laughs> their jealousy. Because I will see somebody with something and I'm like, where did that? I'm like, white bag with holes in it. Let me Google this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I want that bag. And then I have to talk. Nedra left. Her bag was lovely. It was great. It was awesome. And you don't need it. <laughs> you don't need it. Let her have a nice thing without you thinking that you also need the nice thing. Mm -hmm. All right. My in-laws comment on my toddler's weight. How do I tell them off politely? Tell them off? <laughs> um, well, I don't teach cussing classes or cussing <laughs> people out and telling people off classes. But um, I have been known for a good read. No. Um, I think that is a statement. Please, you know, refrain from making any comments about my toddler's weight. Please don't say that. Um, we don't want to body shame a toddler. And that's away from the toddler, right? Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. have that conversation privately, one-on-one -on -one with your parents, and you ask them to not engage in that behavior. When they're doing it in the moment, you can correct it in the moment. And you say, oh, that wasn't kind to say. Or, you know, like, like you would maybe say to anyone, take your parents out of this. Take your parents out of this. Your parents are people. They're people. When a person is saying something about your child's body, what would you say to the person? No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Don't say that. Please don't say that anymore. That's unkind. Mm -hmm. um, or whatever it is. You know, whatever you would say is is really what you say, even if it's your parent. Um, and I think having that conversation apart for them is really important too. With with body and with body stuff, you know, it's just so personal to the person. It's so personal. Or even, you know, I'm a black woman, of course. I don't know why I said that, but anyway. <laughs> Well, maybe um, someone's just listening. They don't know. No, no, no. But I was going to say I'm a black woman. And sometimes there is this colorism, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like light skin, dark skin, brown skin. And when people have that issue of saying something in a derogatory way about a person with a different complexion or a person with a different body, it's typically personal. <laughs> it's not. Mm -hmm. That's how they may feel about themselves or they've had some teasing around this or they've had. And so when you're saying that, it's like, you know, it's not a psychology moment. I'm not here to break down 
you know, what your possible issue with weight or color or hair or whatever these things are could be. I'm simply here to say, don't say it to my kid. Now you can take your issues and you can go troubleshoot them with a therapist. You can go read a book or you can do nothing. Doesn't matter. Do not say these things to my child. Mm -hmm. Because we don't want them to then have this story. And then they're telling other. I mean, the cycle repeats because the cycle is repeating. (laughs) So someone has to hop in there and say, no, no, not here. And I say something. Yeah. Yeah. Say something. And I love that because it's it isn't your job, right, to break down the reasons why that person is saying mm-hmm. those things to you. But it, but for you to be able to say, you can't say those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, simply. Just don't say that. Mm-hmm. What I think that's one of the confusions that people come when it comes to boundaries. Like everyone feels like they need to explain everything all the time, right? We don't body shame in this household, and here's the reasons why, right? And they're given facts and figures of eating disorders and, and body issues, as opposed to... That isn't our job always to educate other people in all these ways. Sometimes our job is to just say no. Mm. I used to work at the hospital with um, teenagers who were going through psychological crisis or psychiatric crisis. And one of the things I remember in a random training, it had nothing to do with my job, but they were talking about how in hospitals, they tried to make all reading material appropriate for fifth graders because people don't read and understand medical lingo, right? So you want to say to a person, take these two pills, one in the morning, one in the evening. It's not always necessary. They take one in the morning or the evening. They could take it at 12 o'clock or Mm -hmm. three o'clock. But the more direct you are with the person, the higher the likelihood. Now on here, on the bottle, they're not going to write on there, hey, take these two pills because if you take them at this time, you have a higher likelihood of adhering to actually taking two pills. We've over-communicated. <laughs> yes. The person has missed the whole point of yep. take these two pills, morning, evening. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's mm-hmm. the whole thing. <laughs> Now, if you want to dig a little deeper and you want to say to your doctor, well, why in the morning and evening? (laughs) That's great. If you want to ask more questions, that's wonderful. But do we always need um, these thorough um, responses and examples? I think we do that because we want people to validate and come to our side of understanding, right? So if you say in this household, we don't body shame because body shaming is this and da, 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 da. we're trying to persuade this person to maybe adopt this thinking in their life. Yeah. I'm trying to persuade you. Guess what I'm trying to do? Don't say it to my kid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to make you follow any body positive people on yeah. social yeah. media. I'm not trying to make you embrace your body and wear a bathing suit if you feel uncomfortable. Don't talk to my kid like that. Yeah. Now, if you want more information about that, we can have a conversation. But the mm-hmm. simple thing is, let's not talk to a child about that because it's inappropriate. Yeah. If you are speaking to a person who is inquisitive, they have the capacity to mm-hmm. understand, 
that might be a separate conversation where you say, hey, you know, I said this earlier because. Now, many of us know some fools. And you can go down this whole path of this persuasive speech and they're going to come down the path with their persuasive speech. That's not somebody shaming. And, that, 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 you know, and it's like, oh, why do we do this? We know our people. We know mm-hmm. which people can handle more information and which people want to argue. Yeah. So choose when you want to share more and when you're like, don't do that. Oof. It's a great point. Like, right? Like, what's the point of why I'm saying this? And if it, it's to convince other people of everything, it, that just kind of sounds exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah. I, I think about, you know, the things that we do with, with little children. You know, you think about kindergarten classroom rules. Don't hit. Don't kick. Don't speak out of turn. Mm-hmm. Don't yell. Don't this. Now, we could go into further explanation of those things, but all of that just means the class needs to pay attention. Everybody needs to sit alongside each other, you know, all of these things. We don't have to do the long hand of, of the rule. The short, the, the short hand works just fine. Don't hit. That's it. It works just that's fine. It. That's, yeah. that's it. Don't hit people because it's not nice and they might hit you back because. Uh, you could, but don't hit is a wonderful rule. It, yeah. I mean, it's been working for generations in kindergarten <laughs> classrooms, you know. <laughs> don't run. You yeah. know, it's like, that's a great rule. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's not don't run because you may trip down the hall and bust your teeth out. It's like, yeah, yeah. don't run. Just don't run. Yeah. Any In any space, don't run. It's <laughs> yeah. general. In general. I, just, general. Don't just, yeah. just don't run. No running. Well, I, I have a four-year-old. I have a four-year-old, and this year at school they started doing classroom um, jobs. And uh, I love the teacher because here's what she does, right? So if your job is the door holder, you they have a song, and it's hold, 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 and hold, hold, hold. And if your job <laughs> is to clean, if your job is to clean the table, it's wipe, 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 bin, wipe, 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 and it's one word for every job, no matter what That's job good. they had. My daughter would come home and she would sing her one word, push, 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 and push, push, push. And I was like, oh, that makes so much sense to me, right? So then I started doing in the mornings, because it was so freaking hard to leave the house with a four-year-old, a leave, 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 and a leave, leave, leave. And what do you know? We walked to the door. You know what? I'm going to start advocating for a push, push, push on doors. <laughs> and a pool, pool, pool yes. on doors. Yeah. Because I'm still at the door pushing the yes. pool. Yes. <laughs> I need comma yeah. push, comma push, comma push, comma push. Like three times in a row, <laughs> right? Like they times. have a song, one word and a song. I think that's great. We need a jingle. I think we yes. should do and I think we should do the jingle with just like our business tasks, you know? Like oh, yeah. Payroll, notes, payroll, notes, payroll. Notes, and a notes. <laughs> <laughs> notes, 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 and a notes, notes, notes. <laughs> Our whole business model is going to change. <laughs> CEs and a CEEs. <laughs> Listen, right? we, we, maturity has tricked us into thinking that these foundational skills no longer work. We're above them. Yeah. We're above the don't run. It's like, no, I need an explanation. Mm-hmm. Like, don't run. Just push for just don't say that to my kid. Don't it's just like that's it. That's it. It works. Mm, that's it. It works. Well, wow. And I think that that goes back to wrap it up, which is that's about finding peace, right? The simplicity 
of not need to fight with everyone and not need to do this, but to simply do the push and pull. I, I think that that goes to finding peace. And you can learn more about that in one of my favorite books, which is Set Boundaries, Find <laughs> Peace. Um, <laughs> put a commercial in the middle. Um, <laughs> we can obviously keep you here forever, but we have to end, go to our final segment, which you do with every guest, which is calling BS, where we call some bullshit in your field. Mm. Um, and so with you here today, will you call some BS for us? Here's a thing that I think is interesting. I think there are so many things that overlap. And then when this new concept comes out, like whether it's like CBT, CPT, uh, CBTP or whatever, I'm just making up acronyms now that it's like this new thing. And then you look and it's like, it's kind of the same as uh, <laughs> somebody yeah. rebranded it. They yeah, rebranded somebody, it. They rebranded it. <laughs> branded they got new PR yeah they got a new logo (laughs) um so that that is always interesting to me and a little funny like oh wow this is okay this is the same we say we say that all the time yeah Yeah. oh coaching therapy Uh, solution focused um (laughs) so I I would say that like there are all of these like spinoffs of you know maybe 10 15 things, I don't know, but, you know, just all of this retitled stuff that I think is really interesting. Yeah. Well, as you know, they make you put a title. Yeah. Bring it full circle. (laughs) So, Netra, we cannot thank you for being here today, for giving this incredible information. Um, You're iconic. But what, oh, man, just like a Whitney Houston, let's bring it all back together. Um, uh, (laughs) How can people find you? How can they listen to you? You have to buy her amazing books. How can people locate you? Yes, I have a website, nedratwab.com. All of my stuff is there. <laughs> amazing. Perfect. You see. There you, go. there you go. And you have a practice as well. I do. Kaleidoscope Counseling is here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a group practice. So there are other therapists if you're looking for therapy in North Carolina. Perfect. So North Carolina listeners, you now know exactly where to go. Kaleidoscope, amazing name. Um, thank you for being here today. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We always ask you to rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can listen to us at Trigger Shakes, follow us at the therapy group, meet with one of our amazing clinicians as well. Um, and don't forget that to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. We'll see you next week on Trigger Chicks. <laughs>